0: Uh, So Siskiyou County is 6,200 square miles. It's a very large county. So if you look at the footprint of illegal marijuana in the county, it's unbelievable. How many of these grows are out there? It started small in about 2015. And before long, it multiplied. There's somewhere around 2,000 parcels. And so each greenhouse can have 500 to 1,000 plants. And you start adding this stuff up, it's in the billions of dollars, and billions with a B. Now, who is doing this growing? People think that marijuana is legal, what's the big deal? And to even say that is unreal. If you see the pictures, if you see the video, it looks like a third world country. The crime is off the charts. We have people getting murdered at Marijuana Grows, that people have been moving out of the
1: community because of what is happening there. My guest today is Jeremiah LaRue, Sheriff of Siskiyou County. In a previous episode, we have covered how cartels are taking over land in this county and growing massive illegal marijuana. Today, we'll dive deeper to find out what's happening in Northern California and why the illegal grows have been out of control. So right now our
0: marijuana eradication team is two people. We'll go and eradicate and to get things cleaned up and do an investigation, and then we'll fly a drone over the next day and there's people back at work. So what's the response from the state? There was so many loopholes in the law, and we are suffering the consequences of those. And when we
1: ask for help, we're ignored. It is an absolute failure. I'm Siamai Korami. Welcome to California Insider. Jeremiah, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, you guys have an issue with the illegal growers, like right? marijuana growers are there in your county, right? What do you see there? That's right, Uh, we're inundated with illegal
0: uh, marijuana growers. It started small in about 2015. Uh, About 100 people uh, came to Siskiyou County from Minnesota and uh, some of the other states surrounding there. And they grew 99 plants, it was like a medicinal grow. And before long, just speeding up a little bit, um, it multiplied. People came from all over uh, California and also other parts of the country to set up these illegal grows. And people think that marijuana is legal, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is not necessarily the plant itself. Uh, you know, I think often people will say that it's a war on cannabis. And it is not a war on cannabis, it's, it's a war on the negative effects and consequences of cannabis cultivation when it's done illegally, such as environmental damage. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of chemicals and pesticides, fertilizers, herbicides, rodenticides, the list goes on. A lot of these chemicals should not be in California at all. And they're just going right into the soil, uncontrolled, unchecked. And when there's such a quantity, we're unable to control it. Uh, Any government is unable to control that. And so that's what we're seeing in Siskiyou County. And additionally, the crime is off the charts. We have people getting murdered at marijuana grows, which is the most disturbing of anything. What other crop in California has people show up and get murdered over a purchase?
1: Now going to the residents, the neighbors of these so when these shootouts happen, do the neighbors they hear them they've become numb to it they live with it, or what are they doing? Are they scared? People are scared uh, it's changed over the the years because people have gotten a little bit
0: uh, desensitized from it if and to even say that is is unreal but uh, people uh, in the community report uh, lots of different things gunfire um, screams. Uh, I remember a report of somebody at a gas station that showed up bleeding uh, from the torso, looked like knife uh, wounds, wow. and got hosed off at a gas station, put in a car, and driven off. I mean, it's like a third world country. That, doesn't, that should not be happening here in America.
1: How does the residents feel about all of
0: this? People in the community know that this is not right and I will say this that people have been moving out of the community because of what is happening there. You know we do everything that we can to be proactive and we've gone through some hard times with trying to find solutions to stopping all of this because again you know as we mentioned earlier the environmental damage and the animal abuse that we see, chemicals, I mean, if you think about it collectively and holistically, what's going on at a grow site, it's, it's way different than just a plant. It's much more than that. Um, between water theft, during a drought, I mean, we have all kinds of things working against us. And the community is scared. They do have confidence in law enforcement, in me and others, but they have lost confidence in the state to help us.
1: What about your staff or your team? Have you guys felt threatened by this?
0: Absolutely. Um, you know I can think back of, of several different stories, actually one involving me um, I uh, was out um in the marijuana gardens with another sergeant and we were out doing an investigation uh, looking at a particular site and we got surrounded by about 200 people and there was lots of different thoughts that i had in my mind as to what they were um, there for you know, we have a lawful reason to be there. We were on a, a street and we weren't even in anyone's property. But um I had one individual come up to me. I think he was the uh, group spokesperson, if you will. And he told me, you don't belong here. You need to leave. And I remember thinking, you know, like, where am I? Like, what is happening? I mean, the, it just, It blew me away. And I I spoke to him a little bit about what I was doing there, but more people started showing up. Uh, We were able to diffuse the situation. We got in our vehicles and we left. And, but that's the presence, I guess, that that we've encountered. And you're the
1: sheriff. The sheriff. And they told you you don't belong here. Yeah. The public property. Right. There's claims, uh, I remember
0: hearing afterwards, from somebody that they didn't know I was the sheriff. But I'm a law enforcement officer, it wouldn't matter. You don't, you don't do that to people. But there's such an assertion of there is a right for them to be there doing what they're doing. And this all ties in because of the laws, there are no consequences. You've probably heard this, the, the
1: $500 fine for cultivating cannabis is a joke. So if you catch them, the fine is $500, right? Yeah, that's it. $500 is probably what you would face if you face anything. And if it's even a huge
0: grow? Yeah, you could have seven plants or 7,000 plants. And unless you can tie different pieces through other investigations to it, it's, it's, a, it's a, a meaningless statute at this point. I can't Why think do of
1: they any. get murdered. How does it work? Does it
0: well, people people show up to purchase marijuana to at the legal That's correct. Uh, a lot of the growers used to grow and then they would drive you know great distances to deliver product. And they were getting stopped by law enforcement all around the country. And so a solution was to have people come to the sites and buy marijuana. Well, what's happened is people show up and get in sort of a uh, confrontation of some kind where there's a disagreement over money or product or whatever, and there's a shootout. Wow. If you see the pictures, if you see the video, it looks like a third world country. The quality of life out there in the marijuana grows is substandard. Um, People are living in unpermitted structures that are made out of plywood They do not contain proper electrical. They don't contain proper fuel that comes into the building. Uh, The heating is an issue. We've had multiple people every year uh, die from carbon monoxide poisoning because the, the standards are not met. And then we have sewage problems because a lot of these sites, they don't get the proper permits to have septic. So they dig holes in the ground. And they just dump their sewer directly into the ground, and then they bury it when it gets full, and dig another hole. And no one should live like that in America, and no one should live like that in California for sure.
1: Are these people forced to be in these conditions? Have you guys seen evidence of that? Like, is it?
0: So the challenge, uh, another a challenge, and a great question is: Are these people willingly there? Uh, when we talk to people in the field, they first off, don't like to talk to us. There's misinformation that's spread out in these marijuana grows that law enforcement, if you talk to them, they're gonna take you away from your family, they're gonna lock you up, you're never gonna see the light of day. We've heard these uh, comments out in the field. And so that spreads around. So we're often not given the most honest information when we're out there talking to folks. Um, But what you will see and what you will kind of get a sense of is that there are people there willingly but there's also people there that are not willingly there and i can i can point to a a story Um, i received a letter in the mail and this was uh, probably a year ago and the letter was written from somebody who quote escaped from the marijuana grows in Siskiyou county And I read through the letter and it was a female that had been promised a life of prosperity, of uh, free living conditions, that um, she could earn quite a bit of money, and she'd be set. She wouldn't have to worry about anything. And what she wrote, wrote in the letter is that the people that she had been working for were making her do things that she didn't wanna do. And they actually told her that if she didn't fulfill her obligation of working in the grows that she would be killed and her entire family would be killed.
1: Wow. That's essentially like taking somebody as a slave in a sense.
0: That's right. Um, we've heard the term narco slavery,
1: uh, used recently and it it's exactly what's happening. You mentioned the size size of up for our audience to understand how many of these grows are out there.
0: Uh, So Siskiyou County is 6,200 square miles. It's a very large county. Uh, There's about 45,000 people there and of the the 6,200 square miles uh, most of it is forest service land. I believe it's somewhere around 68 percent is forest service land. So the private property that's available um, There, there there's certain parts of the county where there's some undesirable property and that is where um, our marijuana grow is basically uh, concentrated because it was land that nobody wanted to purchase for so long and it's volcanic. And so um, if you were to look on a map and look at the the videos that we have, uh, you would see there's somewhere around 2000 parcels and a parcel, you know, can be two and a half acres or it can be 600 acres. Uh, But there's about 2,000 parcels. Now, if you start breaking it down even further, each parcel can have one greenhouse or two. Uh, There's some that have had upwards of 387 on one parcel. Each greenhouse can have 500 to 1,000 plants, and they also have uh, outdoor grows that are outside of the greenhouses. So if you look at the footprint of illegal marijuana in the county, it's unbelievable, the scale
1: that we're talking about. Have you guys thought about how much this is in dollars? We've come up with some calculations what it looks like dollar-wise.
0: Yeah, it's, t- it's, it's hard because of the different factors that are out there, the different prices of marijuana. But you can kind of, figure a little bit about it. I mean, if you take a typical greenhouse that has a thousand plants, those um, marijuana plants could produce, we'll say conservatively a pound, which there's gonna be a lot more than that. So if you can get a thousand or $2,000 a pound, you can see how the numbers start adding up pretty quick for just one greenhouse. And we estimate there's probably about 5,000 greenhouses in the county that are potentially cultivating upwards of three times a year. Plus there's outdoor grows. So if you get out your calculator and you start adding this stuff up, it's in the billions of dollars and billions with a B.
1: Now, who is doing this growing? Cause it looks like a huge industry. Is it organized or is it smaller players? It's very well organized in our county. So if
0: you drive through, and I encourage you or anybody else to come take a look at it, uh, you'll see that uh, when you start getting close to the marijuana uh, grows, there, there are road guards set up that alert people to our presence or anyone else that may be in the, in the area that doesn't belong there, is what we've been told. We're told that we don't belong there. There's visitors in our community that go for a drive that are stopped in roadways and told to leave. And when you think about that, I mean, this is California. This is 2023. And we have that kind of an element in our community where people are literally getting stopped by residents, residents, visitors, you name it.
1: these people are often armed.
0: So what do they tell them? Turn around
1: and go and don't come back to this area? Or? Yeah,
0: just you're not wanted here. And so going back to uh, your question about who are these folks, there, there's some small scale folks that are just growing, I would say independently, but then there are folks that on a large scale that have a very well-organized structure, like I mentioned with the road guards, but. They also contribute financially to one another to set up a system of security out there. And we've been told that there's like a $500 buy-in to this uh, organization and everybody has a job. So it might be um, somebody takes a turn watching a particular road and if they see law enforcement or somebody that might be suspicious, they'll radio in to other people or call in And um, this is very evident if we go out and do our eradication. Uh, You will see a dust cloud of vehicles leaving the moment somebody sees us
1: coming because they're all connected. They're all working together. So they have people watching and then they are alerting each other that you guys are coming and they've created a network. Essentially, they've created an association from what it looks like. That's correct and they pay into this to protect each other, is that how?
0: Yes, that's what we've been told. Uh, we've talked to people and they say there's a, basically you have to pay in and then you are also guaranteed some security as well. Because this is a lot bigger than just law enforcement trying to eradicate. We have people that show up from out of state and they come to rob these folks. And we. It's 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 to a place where people hear gunfire out in the groves and it's, or in the neighboring communities and they don't even report it anymore. Wow. And it's unacceptable.
1: So there are other people coming, trying to rob these places with guns and they get into fights. All the time.
0: And I don't know how anybody gets used to that, but we've tried uh, a lot of different things, to bring awareness to this issue and to restore quality of life for the community. And the interesting thing also is as, as a sheriff, I have a duty to protect everybody. That's something that I swore an oath to. And that includes even the, the criminals that are capitalizing on this. And what's, what's sad and very disturbing is that we have growers that are getting murdered by each other and by people that come and 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 rob uh, people and you know that that's disturbing to me. I I don't want a community like that and I need to be able to protect people, you know, even if they're there for um, illegal reasons and the bigger picture that that i can't quite understand is how the legislature or state government knowing that people are getting murdered over a rollout of
1: legalizing cannabis how they can remain silent on that and how many how does your staff so you have 2000 of these it looks like if you catch one, they can start another one somewhere else. Right? Is that is that how it works? Like you get one, and then they, there's another one that comes out, or oh, well, they're constantly it, making new ones or creating yeah, it's it's terrible. And
0: so, I have a video of this. You can see people cultivating after. So we go and eradicate, and the next day they're cultivating right where we just eradicated. Same place. Same place. That's why it's, the laws are written so poorly. There's no impact.
1: Uh, If you catch them again, you give them a $500 ticket, is that? Yeah. That would be pretty much exactly what
0: would happen. And people are willing to risk that because it's so lucrative. There's so much money in it. And like I said, they will just replant the next day. And so we call it whack-a-mole, because that's literally how it feels. We'll go and eradicate, we'll spend a lot of time and effort to do the right thing, and to get things cleaned up, and do an investigation, and then we'll fly a drone over the next day, and there's people back at work. And you can recite them all day, but like I said, there's no teeth in the law. They make more money than the 500, right? Right, well that's the thing too, I mean, and i think the legislature needs to be aware of that if if you have a small fine you the way that can be viewed is you're just it's pay to play you know
1: it's part of the it's just the cost it's just the collateral cost of doing business yeah now is this why it's so for even mexican cartels it makes sense to come and grow here right then then do it there they don't have to cross the border is that yeah so we have uh,
0: there's kind of a couple different things happening at least in my community We have a lot of private grows we call them that are on private property which are um, primarily Asian uh, and out in the public lands there's a lot of um, hispanic like you're like you're mentioning and uh, directed you know at at Cartel um, from Mexico, and so two different dynamics of public land and private land. But but you're right. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it's all about if you're if we're talking about Mexico specifically. I mean, the the, the money and of course the safety of being up here. There's there's protections in America, um, even even if the even if there's punishment it's gonna be far less than trying to do that down in Mexico. And so I think that you see this influx because again, it's worth it. It's worth the risk.
1: How many deputies do you have dealing with this?
0: Yeah, so right now our marijuana eradication team is two people. Wow. It's been larger in years past, but budgetary concerns, low staffing, and you know law enforcement's going through a tough time nationwide with staffing shortages and you know pay and safety. I mean there's all these different concerns why people choose either to go into law enforcement
1: or to do a different occupation and so right now it's two people and you've tried to reach out through the legislature through different channels. Yes, that's very complicated. Um, I have. I've had many different meetings with
0: different folks in the at the state, and I know that there is a. There's been a new willingness to assist, but. You know, I I could say a couple of things. I mean, honestly, it's it's better late than never. But it has been a, a huge disappointment. Because again, you know, we are asking for help, to combat a problem that was created by the legislature. The, the rollout was an absolute failure of legalizing cannabis. There was so many loopholes in the law, and we are suffering the consequences of those. And when we ask for help, we're ignored. And as I said earlier, when people are getting murdered, over something that was through the legislation. And I don't say that to sensationalize it, but that is the reality of it. People need to be held accountable for that. And we're doing everything we can on a local level to address that, but we cannot get assistance that we like, n- that we need from the state. We need tools. We need funding because it is an absolute failure.
1: So what's the response from the state?
0: silence. You know, I've reached out to um, different state offices and they agree that there is a problem. A lot of the uh, state workers, they're great state workers, but, and we're talking about line staff um, and people that run organizations, they don't have the tools either to even lend a hand to us. I've talked to uh, state organizations that tell us that they have only a few people working, almost just like I do. And so even the state organizations have not been properly um, supplied the resources that they need to help us. And I, there's, a, there's a fix. It's, I don't think it's that hard. It's getting the right people in the room that care enough to start penciling stuff out. And let's get something written down. Let's get it through the legislation that is bipartisan. You know, I think everyone would agree that we want California to be beautiful. We don't want the lands destroyed by anything. And we need to fix the environmental damage that is, is ongoing. And we have to have laws that deter people from doing things. That's been the biggest disappointment, this $500 fine, what is that gonna do? It, it's, a, it's, it's almost comical. And it's not that we need uh, harsh legislation to lock people up. Sometimes people are, uh, view it that way, is that we get some hard you know, laws and that we're gonna lock people and send them to prison for marijuana cultivation. That's not, I don't think, what anyone's asking. But sometimes you need
1: laws on the books that
0: have harsh penalties
1: to deter people. Because it looks like other states around us that have legalized cannabis, they have much more stricter laws. So if you, if you grow above a certain amount, then the penalty is much bigger and you could face going to jail, right? Is that. I agree. Yeah, I mean, even in, in Oregon, um, you know, I've looked at some of
0: their legislation. They actually have some, some good legislation about water use where if people are using water for illegal cannabis, there's, there's penalties. And one other thing, I mean, the state of California, um, likes to have administrative fines that versus, um, misdemeanors or felonies. The problem is we've gotten back to the system. When you have so much money in an industry, uh, you're just paying to play you know, what are these fines gonna do? They're not, they don't deter people. They would deter me or you, but
1: if you are part of a criminal industry, fines aren't gonna matter. And you're making billions of dollars a year. Yeah. You can't spend a few million dollars paying fines.
0: Well, right, so it really just turns into um, fees to do illegal activity. And so I think Siskiyou County but also a lot of California I think again just feels abandoned by the failed rollout but then it was thrown onto the counties to deal with and then the state just stepped
1: back and they're just watching it play out. Do you feel like you're on your own alone in this? I do I do and I think
0: I don't want to be alone in this. I mean, I've, I've asked for help and I know, like I mentioned, I think there's, there's been a little bit of a change at the state and I know there's a creation of a, a new task force by the governor's office, which is encouraging. And again, better late than never, you know, I could, I could look or not look at the past and just say, what a mess. Let's move forward. That's what I'm looking forward to. But, uh, we don't we don't get any uh, time with the governor. We don't get time with the governor's office to talk about just realistic things that are happening. You know, I, I, I think at times there's maybe a sense that law enforcement might want to be very aggressive or very angry at the state for what has happened, but I don't. I, I want to just start over. I want to have a good relationship with people that are in positions of power that can make change to help my community and ultimately to help California because the trajectory that it's going, nobody wants to see where that ends.
1: Are you afraid for your own safety? So you've been pretty vocal about this, right? Do you feel um, that there is some risk you're taking, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always felt that, you know, in law enforcement, um, there's, been, there's been moments, as I described earlier, where uh, there's, a, there's a sense of um, the potential that there's something bad that's going to happen to you. Um, the way that I view that is, I have to do what's right. And because if nobody's going to stand up, I mean, that's where we're going to fail. And so I want to be an ambassador for my people in a sense, but I need to get
1: buy-in from others. How do you keep going? Because it looks like you're alone in this big, yeah. complicated war, and you don't have the tools to keep to hold people accountable. How do you keep going? Well, um, honestly, God has been a big part of that because,
0: you know, the way I see it, my my authority comes from Him. And I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in justice. And I'm just gonna be faithful to that and faithful to my service and my calling. And even though it gets tough, I think that that's that's okay. That's when you just rise up and just meet meet the challenges where they are and you just keep going. Uh, State of California has great law enforcement leaders. Uh, The sheriff's offices are amazing that I work with frequently, and I'm thankful for them and their friendship. And I know that we have the right people. We just need to get the state to see
1: and acknowledge the problem and to work with us to move forward. If the lawmakers were to side with you and say, okay, this is the most important thing, we have to solve it what can they do
0: yeah so if you look at a illegal cultivation site holistically not just about plant counts but you look at the chemicals that are being used banned chemicals illegal pesticides and you you look at the the whole structure of it i think that if there's legislation that looks at that the the total picture and makes those sites that meet the requirements A felony, I think that would prevent a lot of it. Again, it's not about locking everybody up; it's about deterring people. So I also think that if you are operating, uh, you know, over a certain plant count, um, I think that should be a felony, because again, if state of California allows for six plants for personal use, and counties can add on to that and do different things, but if you're if you have a ten thousand plants or a thousand plants you're operating a commercial business and there needs to be harsh penalties for that because again what comes with that are these illegal chemicals pesticides and all those things Slave that are going labor into the like right and so it again you're just you're just paying your fees to the state with five hundred dollars and i think the thought was and i can't speak totally for the legislature but I think the thought was if there's a legal way to do this, people will do the right thing. But we all know that there's always going to be a criminal piece to that that doesn't do the right thing. That's with any laws. So you have to have something strict uh, to stop that. And so there needs to be a fresh look involving law enforcement um, to work like a workshop with the legislature to actually look at the problems and identify where the dividing line is between misdemeanor and felony, and then have the advocacy groups also agree with that, that you know, that we don't wanna see the, the chemicals into the ground anymore. Like that's the big one, I can't stop talking about that because it's disgusting if you go out to these sites and you see what's being put into the ground,
1: and there are no consequences. Do you have any other thoughts for our audience?
0: I think that uh, people need to open their eyes to things that are occurring locally. I think that, I was thinking about this actually traveling down here, is that there's so much going on, it's so busy, and there's a million different things happening worldwide that sometimes you forget about what's going on locally. And when certain, certain things, like whether it's the illegal activity, cannabis, uh, illegal cannabis activity, or fentanyl problems or crime rates are up, they're occurring um, small scale, but also they're growing in large scale. Um, And I think people need to be in tune with that and try to find sources that provide unbiased reporting about it. Because like this show, you know, this stuff's going on and people aren't aware of it. That needs to get out. And people need to, again, hold people in power accountable, whether that's me or people at the state level or nationally, we have to have that checks and balances because otherwise agendas start running amok. And I think that the, the American people need to be in tune to what's happening locally
1: and hold people accountable. Is there a way our audience can help your county?
0: Well, the biggest thing that I could ask for would be to try to get advocacy groups to partner with us or show up. So one of the things that's been most surprising when, when I've talked about this um, before, where we have animal abuse, we have chemicals that are going into the groundwater. We've been, it's been silence from advocacy groups. And if, Amer- if America, of course, but if California is environmentally conscious, I would expect those people to be reaching out. And I have not heard from anyone. So I would ask if anybody knows or can help that we get the right people to align with us. And again, it's not a, this is not a battle against cannabis. There's plenty of ways to grow cannabis legally. And in, even in, in Siskiyou County, you can grow it legally. But for those that deviate from that
1: and do it illegally, you know, there needs to be consequences. Jeremiah LaRue, Sheriff of Siskiyou County, it was great to have you on California Insider. Thank you for having me, it was a pleasure. If you like the show and our content, you should go to insiderca.com and sign up to our newsletter because we never know what can happen with social media and other platforms in terms of distributing our content. If you'd like to come on the show and be an insider, you can reach out to us at cainsider at epochtimesca.com. Again, it's cainsider at epochtimesca.com. We would love to have you on the show to tell us what's going on in your field in California. Thank you for watching. Please click the icon on the left to subscribe to our channel. We bring you the most pressing issues California is facing with straightforward and in-depth interviews. See you in the next video.